Blog Talk Radio. Sunny sunny San Diego, California. Uh, I almost didn't recognize San Diego, sunny San Diego, because this is the first time I saw blue clouds in a few weeks. So um, our show, Cancer Answer, is brought to you by County Properties, local real estate company at countyproperties.net. Your host, Arnie Levine, and co-host is Stephen Zakovich. How are you doing today, Stephen? Hey, doing pretty good. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. All right. And um, so today's show is uh, we're going to talk about, uh, we've talked in in the past about medical marijuana. Uh, Now that in a lot of states it's uh, recreational use is is legal. And um, so, uh, Stephen, you found a good article that's uh, the topic on the article was toxic pesticides found at most illegal, not legal, illegal California pot farms. So that's going to be our topic today because as we've spoken before, the medical uh, uh, medicinal uh, values of, of THC, CBD, that's found in uh, naturally grown uh, marijuana uh, for medical purposes has a lot of benefits. Uh, so Stephen, you found this article. Um, so uh, on the next show, we're going to have a special guest, a friend of mine that's one of the top growers of growing it organically. But this one's talking about that they use toxic pe- pesticides so um, that's what we're going to be talking about because in California, pot is now recreational use is legal. Uh, in the um, medical use, that's legal now too. Problem is, is, which is what this topic is about, is illegal California pot farms. So... Uh, Again, uh, we're not experts on this, but from what I do know uh, is that the pot farms, along with dispensaries, uh, they got to be certified. So part of it is is the city of San Diego. Now, for us, the California is different, but I know the city of San Diego uh, allocates certain areas. So there's dispensaries for recreational use outside the city is the county. Those dispensaries are guidelined by medical marijuana purchases only. I didn't know that either, um, but I found that out recently. Uh, So that is some of the differences how San Diego is ran. Um, So the the topic today is, again, we're going to be talking about uh, medical marijuana or recreational marijuana about being careful about where you get the the source from. So, 
since they found toxic pesticides in some of these non-certified farm farmers or growers, um, if they're finding those pesticides in those, it's always recommendation is always safe to do it from a certified dispensary to purchase from that that you verify for yourself uh, that they are not using pesticides that they grow organically. So, um, yeah, so I'm going to chime in here right here. There's another added part right there. It's called uh, cannabinoid uh, hypermesis syndrome. Okay, so I was going to, that was originally what we're going to talk about, and it, it's a fairly new discovery on people that have been using cannabis for a long time. And now they're starting to see a particular uh, uh, epidemic uh, syndrome uh, with people that are have been using it for a long time. And it's still in the research stage. And I, I have an article here, a, a clinical abstract, and I'll read a little bit of that later on. But right now we're going to stay on topic of the drugs. And it was more or less the article I read was in Northern California where everybody was going out. Uh, growing marijuana plants. Okay, so uh, not everybody is a chemist, and some of the stuff that they use on them right there to create their uh, product uh, had some toxic items into it, and they found out when they were um, the people that were going out trying to find out what kind of how the process was going. Now, remember, this is this process. Uh, started several years ago right there. Well, I, well, once it became legal, everybody, hey, I'm going to grow pot in the backyard and use these chemicals and everything like that. So they found out that when they're sending people out to discover some of these places where they're producing them right there, they had some very toxic chemicals that they were using to produce the product. And so once again, we always have to be very careful when we find out people going out trying to find out that, yeah, all these little mini farms are out there even using chemical uh, processing uh, uh, types of things on their chemicals. But we also know since the advent of new production facilities, the production facilities are now in competition with everybody wanting to grow weed. So we got to take another look in a bigger picture of this particular thing why are these particular things going after these little new farmers that are coming up with that stuff like that? Well, it's the new production manufacturing companies right there is trying to create fear. And the fear is that if you get some untested uh, marijuana and stuff like that, you have all these things that can kill you and all that stuff like that. And that's risk management uh, if you're going to be able to use the, the materials. But we also understand there's a commercial uh, places coming in trying to push those people out right there so they don't have the competition with all those new farmers. Uh, so they're kind of like muscling in on their domain, which was before. And so we always have to be concerned right there because that raises the price up for marijuana for uh, recreational or medical use right there. They want to go ahead and contain it, control it, and create a business, uh, business uh, matrix out of it and stuff like that. And Try to keep everybody else from being involved in doing your own planting. So we got to look at it on both sides, right there. So I just want oh, to that's, that that's true. That's a good point. Uh, you know, I'm reading through the article, and they're saying the the common problem that they find with illegal growers uh, um, was that it was pesticides. 
Right. And it's interesting because, yeah, so now they're, uh, my friend that's going to be on the show next month, he's an organic grower. Uh, he showed me the process. Uh, and everything he does is organic products. And when they do <clears throat> hydroponic farming, which is growing it in water and then ha having um, uh, nutrients like that, if the nutrients are organic, which is what he uses, what goes in organic comes out organic. So some of the growers that uses uh, the chemical plant food, which my friend does not use, uh, the, their concept is as well. Then we continually, uh, you know, before they harvest it, run water through it to get the impurities out. So, uh, and that that that's the logic from years ago. Uh, now the ones that stick to organic you know, is safe. The interesting thing is problem is not a new problem. It's an old problem. And it's one we talked about on the show, right, Stephen? We talked about regular right. food. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, where, um, where the uh, pesticides has been part of the problem. I was part of a project in the 70s uh, when I was in the recording industry. We did a Clearwater album with Pete Seeger, the famous uh, folk singer. I got to do work on an album with him as a, as a recording technician. But we, that album was for the profits to go towards uh, clearing up the Hudson river, you know, from Manhattan that goes along New York down to Manhattan and the pesticides PCPs were going from the uh, pesticides were PCPs going into the ground and the groundwater and the, the problem was is that that water soaks into the ground. Then the cows would eat the, they eat grass, right? If they're Roman cows. And, mm -hmm. and uh, so when, they, when they're eating that grass, uh, at that time the technology was the PCPs start concentrating as it goes from the top of the grass into the grass and then when the cow eats it, then it, it gets more intensified. Then we eat the cow. So that was years ago from the 1970s. That, that was the protest to clean up the pesticides along the Hudson River. And then, of course, all that pesticides washed down through the soil into the rivers. Uh, that is uh, 70s. We're talking about almost 45, 50 years ago. So, but we know they're still using pesticides. Uh, in farming and then so that that's about our food and this in this case the topic today is again about um, being able to use medical marijuana or recreational marijuana in a in a safe safer way so the good news is in california at least they're looking into it and they're trying to get more guidelines for what's safe farming which which should be for all foods. And that's where we think a lot of cancers come from. It comes from carcinogenics that get involved in our daily living. And uh, so we need to be careful on that. No. Well, that's, uh, part, of the, that's uh, part of the problem uh, right there is that, you know, uh, you know, we don't have an FDA or some big organization that's uh, stepping in and making sure and testing and all that stuff like that. It's a, uh, it's a brand new type of uh, you know business for everybody right there, but 
I want to read a little bit of this abstract right here, and it's available on, you can Google it right there. And I'll just read this right here and give you an ideal. And this is this is what's coming up because people, now that it's available, they can use it uh, ad nauseum, pardon the pun. But the object right yeah. there is that anything taken in too much uh, can cause a, uh, a cause and effect issue uh, with your physical well-being right there since it is a physical and an altered state remedy. So I'm going to read this right here. I'll read it fairly slowly, but it's fairly complex right there. For those who want to really know, you've got to be a doctor <laughs> to read some of this stuff, but I'll say it right there. It says, coinciding with increasing rates of cannabis abuse has been the recognition of a new clinical condition known as cannabinoid hypermensis syndrome. Uh, this syndrome is characterized by chronic cannibal use, a cyclical episode of nausea and vomiting, and frequent hot bathing. And cannabinoid hypermensis syndrome occurs by an unknown mechanism. So this is still in the design, and they're trying to figure this out. What's a, what is this new phenomenon that's happening right here? So despite the well-established antiemetic properties of marijuana, there are increasing evidence of its paradoxical effects on the gastronomical tract and CNS. And they're using a tetrodicordinate cannabinol. Uh, cannabinol, they're using all these chemical names that are found in cannabinoids, found in the cannabinoid plants with opposing effects on the amnesis response. The clinical course of cannabinoid hypermesis uh, syndrome may be divided into three phases, protocaminal, apremetic, and recovery phase. And these phases cause within 48 hours, and treatment involves supportive therapy with fluid resuscitation and antiemetic medicines, medication patients often demonstrate the, the learned behavior of frequent uh, hot bathing, which produces temporary sensation of nausea, vomiting, and abnormal pain. So that's when they go through this process right there. They dip themselves in hot water, which, of course, creates other physical problems right there. So this type of thing uh, leads to delay in the diagnosis of what it is and cycle vomiting, uh, knowledge of the epidemiology and pathophysiology and natural course of cannabis have a syndrome is limited and requires further investigation. So just to be aware, note right out there, uh, be aware of what drugs you're using and 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 you know, just be sure that you don't over overexert in those particular areas, creating with this new particular things right there. It has been reported on the news and it was uh, squashed and it went away real quickly. Uh, right there, because we know a lot of the people that are in marketing right there, the stocks and everything like that, the business are coming out. They don't want to have any kind of a negative effect on that. But it's just like tobacco. When it first came out right there, they didn't say anything bad, but we knew it caused cancer. And there are so many types of things that come out. You know, there's thousands of particular uh, attributes, pesticides, and tobacco smoke. And, you know, they tell you, they can kill you right there, but people go go along and continually use the same product. So once again, rest assured, if you like to enjoy the recreational aspect, remember, you can't always overdo everything right there. And I was a product of the 60s, and I tell you, they overused everything. And they did have problems, and I, I'll tell you that for sure right there. So once again, now that it's free-range, like a free-range chicken, you can get it anywhere. So just be very careful uh, what you digest, and the, including the vapes. Uh, that's another aspect of it, too, there. So I'll hand it back over to you, Arnie. I just want to clarify that. Well, it was interesting because I, I had to go to the emergency room for um, 
when I had problems from uh, surgery a couple of years ago, which was, uh, uh, which was, I mean, uh, from the radiation treatment. So uh, then I started having stomach aches. And so long story mm-hmm. short with that, that one, the stomach aches, um, sorry, that was <laughs> shoulder surgery, wrong, <laughs> wrong topic, shoulder <laughs> surgery. Uh, so on the recovery mode, I, I had a lot of pains in my s- stomach. So one of the suspects, when I went to the emergency room, because uh, because the, the, the pain was, uh, was uh, the stomach pains uh, was continuing, um, that was from antibiotics that the doctor had given me and caused that, that burning sensation in my stomach. Uh, Anyway, so when that went away, I had to go back to seeing the doctor, and the doctor said that uh, that same type of thing, that sometimes they'll have patients in the emergency room uh, that will have stomach aches, not throwing up, none of that severe stuff, just that stomach ache. And he said, once they take a hot shower, not super hot, just a normal hot shower like you normally take, the symptoms goes away. Now, if they're... do an extreme amount of intake that I, I don't know that I truly, until you brought that article up, I never heard of anybody getting sick unless they ate uh, like edibles or something like that, because edibles is very strong when you bring it into your system. When you smoke it, yeah. it's a little bit at a t- time. So from yeah, my experience I think a, with no. the doctor, that's what they had mentioned. From time to time, they have patients that come in and they'll have stomach aches, and then take an hot yeah. shower. So well, this what is what they're saying. This is what they're saying, and this thing right here is vomiting and abdominal pain, because it, it goes into the uh, the way your system uh, pro- processes food and everything like that, and it, it's an indirect effect of too much use after a while, right there. So you know, in a funny way, we can take a look at that. All the bacteria down there are high. And they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> so I don't know. That might be something that THC is affecting the biological. Nice, nice try, Doctor Stephen. That was. <laughs> I'm just, we're not just, doctors. It's just opinion. It's just opinion out there. But it seems like <laughs> no. I meant, they're tying, I meant nice they're try, tying it together. Nice try with your joke. That's what I. I yeah, yeah. Well, you, know, <laughs> you never know. You never know. The thing you, you yourself said the doctor said the same thing at this abstract here that I'm reading right here. And if you got over 16.7 million users in 2009 uh, using this stuff right there, you're going to have some kind of uh, prevalence of marijuana effect and stuff like that. Well, but it shows up the, slowly, the, though. No. The, the key thing that you said was if you do anything in excess, if you drink too much yeah. water, you drink too much alcohol, yeah, you, right. drink, yeah. you drink too much milk, you have too mm-hmm. much salt, anything you do in excess, your body is not going to be ha- happy. It's going to start breaking down. down. No. And pick mm-hmm. pick chemical or food choice. You know, you could only have so mm-hmm. so much, and then there's byproducts to it. And and mm-hmm. then you know, when you have that many people, you do have people going into excess mode, like party mode, and mm-hmm. and that that type of thing. So, I you know, with anything, if it's recreational, you, you what you know, why? What are you trying to do when a you know? Who, who can intake the most? You know, with alcohol, we know, we already know there's been alcohol deaths from overdose on 
the amount of alcohol that's in the system. So uh, mm-hmm. moderation is is always the recommendation mm-hmm. for for anything. And then when you're using it for medical purposes, because we don't want to, is not to deter people from the benefits. This conversation not to deter people from the medical benefits. Uh, that's the most important important thing. It's one thing for recreational. It's the other thing for those benefits because it's 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 almost unbearable to be able to go through chemo treatments unless you have now now medical marijuana is available. Back in the day when I did it, it wasn't legal and when I did chemo. And and it's a big difference of how you are yeah. able to deal with it. So, so those yeah, medical so, benefits we don't want to take away uh, from. It's about yeah. being excessive yeah. and abusive. That well, the let, body me, let me make this. Not... Let me make this comment on there. We have opioids, okay, medications from doctors. Their intent was to pain relief for a temporal time, a temporary time. Right. But the thing is, is that it morphed into something that became more that okay, it's no longer a medical one now. It's a dependency, an enabler, okay? Any of these things right there can always be over-abused right there, even though it's marijuana. I mean, as we're saying right here, uh, you can overuse it just like any of the other chemical drugs that are out there uh, creating other particular problems right there. So, it's you know, it's always risk management uh, when you want to handle uh, things on a medical basis or a recreational basis that one doesn't morph into... Well, yeah, the medication, I'm done with the medication. Uh, now it morphs into recreation, okay? And then it's not like a one or two a day. It's as much as you want to do right there. There's no beginning or an end to it right there. So we always have to be careful. Uh, this is all we're, right. we're trying to talk about right there. And all this information is available uh, out there on the Internet like that. There's pros and cons in it like that. But, you know, if you're going to participate in these particular things, you have to make the decision of what your intake is. And I know I'm a little short guy, and every time they give me a medication, it's for an adult, and I go off the deep end. Okay, I'm not a big guy. I don't weigh 280 pounds. And they give you medication for a guy that's 130 right there. Boy, did I get an overdose, and I got that in the military. And one size shot fit all. And, boy, did yeah. I get sick. Boy, did I get sick. Well, that, those shots they gave me right there. And, uh, and I said, you know, you, oh, you're going to go to Vietnam. You need 20 shots right there. And I go, yeah, big guy can handle it. The little guy didn't. So I almost died <laughs> with a TV well, and everything after all those shots. So once again. And that is that is a good point because it's based yeah. on the body weight. It's not to yeah, do body with the weight, age. Yeah. It, it's yeah, got to do weight. with the amount, yeah, the size and the body weight mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. for somebody that intakes. Somebody weighs 350, 400 pounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they have a bigger system. Which, yeah. which, which dilutes Met, out. Met, so yeah, metabolizes it differently. Right? Yeah, metabolizes differently. So, mm-hmm. uh, so that's the um, yeah, that's the take on on, on that part. Um, the other thing that's important to keep in mind too is since it is used in somewhat of a recreational, semi-recreational, semi-medicinal. Uh, for de-stressing type of things for those that don't want to have, you know, a beer or two after work or, you know, at the end of the evening when they're done with responsibilities. Uh, now, now people are are being able to optionally do rec- 
recreational, and I say semi-recreation, semi-medical, because it's it's self-medicating. It's it's a form of de-stress, and of course, it's also also healthier to de-stress in other ways that are more they're also natural, which are good. Uh, but unfortunately, it seems like things are more stressed out today uh, than back in the '60s when think, things were simpler. We didn't have to, you know, look at our cell phone. I, that that would be a good survey. I wonder how many times we look at our cell phone a day. Like, you know, in the old days, remember in the '60s, uh, 1960s, that is. Before, it could be 2060 before we know it. <laughs> um, and and then in those days, you know, somebody would call, somebody write down a note. And then the next thing we know is, uh, you know, you read the note, you call the person back. This is ours. And it was funny because I heard somebody talking mm-hmm. saying, you know, I, I try to get back when somebody calls me, I try to get back, you know, sh- in a short period of time because everybody has this like instant gratification. You know, somebody calls you, you got to call them right back. If you don't call them back, it may mean that they're not important enough and they don't like you. Uh, that's a different kind of stress. Um, that's a different kind of stress that we normally have. Um, anything you want to say about that? We only have a few minutes left, so I wanted to make sure we covered anything you wanted to cover. Well, Steven. yeah, everything. Yeah, everything is uh, when we look at how to work with stress and stuff like that. The uh, issue is that we can uh, take recreational thing and gives them a little bit of an ultra state, a kind of a break away. Uh, from the stress, but it's only part-time. <laughs> it will come back and haunt you later, and it's like a spike. So, you know, you have a draw line, there, and you get a high spike, you go up above the line, then you drop down below it right there. It's very cyclical right there. And so if you're on that line and you're stressing, you're right below the line right there, and you take an altered state, it'll bring you up above the line. You feel a lot better, but the thing is, is that all lines that go up always come down, and they go down past a little bit past father with a line that you normally, your body's trying to transition in a normal mode. And so it's a cause and effect issue right there. And the, that particular stress, uh, you prolonged it for the next day. And then the next day, the stress becomes even more because you didn't remedy yet in the day before. So this is an ongoing process of making little things into big things. So you have to work on those. Yeah, it's fun to have fun, stuff like that. But if you have a lot of things in your life that's controlling it, it creates stress. And the more stress you get, the higher the altered state that you want to do to go away from it. But uh, the tiger will always come and take a bite out of you. You know, you got to put it in the cage right there and you have to face the situations of reality because that's where you're going to be most of the time, not in altered states. And yes, it's fun to be in that other place right there. And you're suffering from a physical ailment right there. And that's moving that line up a little bit higher right there. But we know the synapses right there eventually get full. And you're going to require more and more and more and more. And that's how the way the body adapts and tries to fight the particular thing that you're doing right there if it's not a normal process that you're going through. And it's a very difficult challenge in our uh, nowadays that we have with the physical problems uh, created by stress. So uh, try to yeah, I think a, I think a good one is is shutting your phones off when you eat dinner. Uh, you, you know, just disconnect during those 
important uh, decompression t- times uh, so that, you, you know, it's almost like an addiction. Opiates or cell phones, <laughs> which is more addictive, you know. So, well, it is. It is. The cell phone is a stress manager right there, and it's creating stress in you right there. Remember, we didn't have that before. And, heck, you know, hey, I say hello. You got to pick up the phone. Hey, how are you doing? Stuff like that. And that breaks your rhythm. It breaks your rhythm. You're trying to be normal. Then all of a sudden, a phone call comes on. You you know, have an ideal. Is it a bad one or a good one? Or somebody needs me, an emergency right there. And we're going through 20 different scenarios. And we pick up the phone. We find out, like, hey, well, what's up, dude? Okay. And, you know, the, the line goes way above. And then we drop down below right there because it wasn't a, a panic type of a thing. And as you said right there, if you eat, take the time to enjoy your food. If you're talking with somebody right there, it's between you and the person you're talking to, not the whole world. They can wait. They know where you're at. And that yeah, relieves and a it, lot of stress from you. Yeah. Yeah. And plus, when you're talking, it is a personal connection That's where, right. you know, if we bring spirituality into it, it's, it's about uh, the higher power yeah. being shared between us. And that makes our yeah. connections. The, the right. electronic connection doesn't make mm-hmm. that higher connection because mm-hmm. it's the difference between a text being out of context and seeing somebody's facial expressions when they say, hey, I really care about you. Yeah. And, and you see it in their face. You see it in their body language. Yeah. Uh, I always know that when, we, when, I, when I went to a party and I didn't drink, everybody else drank, and I was the outcast. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't drink. <laughs> and so, you know, there you go. You lost all your friends right there. So the people you hang around with, you go into the smoke den. And I, I went over to a friend's house, and there were 20 people in there. It was like a cloud in there. And you know, I don't um, puff on weed like that. And I go like, you know, just to say goodbye to the person right there. I almost got wiped out just by cuffing a couple of posts in that room. It was unbelievable. It's like back in the 60s right there when they all did puff magic, the dragon and the Volkswagen. You know, it was really crazy things back in those days. I, I didn't, uh, unlike Bill Clinton, you know, I didn't inhale. So, once again, I drank <laughs> yeah, right. that, that was just bad for me. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, it looks like we're getting down to our, our, our countdown here, so. Yeah, uh, it was a good show, so. Yeah. So, thank you for uh, sharing, and uh, mm-hmm. our next show will be next month. We'll have part two to this. We'll actually have a uh, professional grower that uh, that does it organically the right way so you could talk about that type of thing. So just ask your sources. Is it a certified uh, farm that the dispensary gets from, which most should be compliant? Uh, so that's good. So the show is sponsored by countyproperties.net, local real estate company in San Diego. And thank you, Khalifa, our producer, and Stephen, good job. We will talk to you soon. Mm-hmm. This has been okay. the Cancer Answer Show. <laughs>